Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back. We're back in the book of Exodus. Uh, We are in chapter 10. We'll start in verse 12. The battle of the gods continues, but it's going to end with guess who wins? God's going to win. So um, verse 12 of chapter 10, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every plant in the land, all that the hail has left. So this is the eighth plague that's now coming on Egypt. Verse 13, So Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind came had brought the locusts. Okay, so... God didn't just make him appear. He used the wind to bring in the locusts from somewhere else. But it's the timing. It's, it is the magnitude, you know, it, to show that God's in control that we see. Verse 14, the locusts came up over all the land of Egypt and settled on the whole country of Egypt. Such a dense swarm of locusts as had never been before, nor ever will be again. Verse 15, They covered the face of the whole land, so that the land was darkened, and they ate all the plants in the land, and all the fruit of the trees that the hail had left. Not a green thing remained, neither tree nor plant of the field, through all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh hastily called Moses, and Aaron said, I have sinned against the Lord, your God, and against you. Now, therefore, forgive my sin, please, only this once, and plead with the Lord your God to remove this death from me. So he went out from Pharaoh and pleaded with the Lord. And the Lord turned the wind into a very strong west wind, which lifted the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. Not a single locust was left in all the country of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the people of Israel go. Can you imagine? Eight plagues, and Pharaoh would not let the people go. It's like personal now. 
like Pharaoh is being humiliated and Pharaoh's gods are being humiliated. And um, by his own servants, by his captives. So pride is definitely in this. And uh, you see a picture of a hardened heart. And the hardened heart of a person um, affects everyone around the person. A man or a woman, husband, wife, father, mother. If they have a hardened heart, the whole family feels it. All of Pharaoh's servants were suffering. All of the Egyptian people were suffering. They probably had no food. All of their trees were damaged by the hail. Their, their houses, all their possessions had been damaged. Um, now the locusts have eaten everything. They've had boils all over their skin. And their physicians and magical healers are powerless. But Pharaoh, he wouldn't change his mind because he would have to bow down to God if he changed his mind. Verse 21, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness to be felt. That means you're going to feel how dark it can be. Verse 22, Then So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was pitch darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone arise from his place for three days. But all the people of Israel had light where they lived. Then Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Your little ones also may go with you. Only let your flocks and your herds remain behind. So Pharaoh's Pharaoh's had it with the darkness. They can't do anything. They're blind. Effectively, they've been blinded. Pharaoh is trying for another compromise. He wants to save face. He wants to win. He knows he can't win. But he wants to win in a way that they're going to come back. Because if they leave the flocks and the herds behind, they can't go very far in the wilderness with no food, right? Pharaoh's still trying to hold on to power, trying to hold on to these people. Verse 25, Moses said, You must also let us have our sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. So it's a very practical answer. And no, God told us we all go. Verse 26, Our livestock also must go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind. For we must take care of them to serve the Lord our God. And we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. So Pharaoh, so Moses says, no. no this is no conditions on, on us leaving. Verse 27, But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me, take care, never to see my face again, for on the day you see my face, you shall die. Moses said, as you say, I will not see your face again. Now, um, the next bit may be um, some of this conversation 
may be taking place in the midst of Pharaoh. I just, I'm not clear. My study Bible says it's not clear. We're having uh, chapter 11. Um, um, some of chapter 11 may be in the final presence of Pharaoh, as we'll see. But let's jump in. Chapter 11, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Yet one more plague I will bring upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will drive you away completely. Speak now in the hearing of the people that they ask every man of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor for silvery and gold jewelry. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man of Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. So God is directing the, the Israel nation Israel to ask for silver and, and gold jewelry from the people that they've been serving. It's sort of like wages payment for your efforts of slavery. They were working, but they received no pay. So there, God is going to let these people go from the land of Egypt. Not only go with all their children, with all their livestock and their possessions, with no conditions on leaving, and they're going to be paid. Okay, so paid for their back wages. So this is a complete exodus from the land of Egypt. And God is giving them favor in the sight of the Egyptians because the Egyptians want them to leave. And perhaps many of these Egyptian people are believing in God's Word. They're fearing God's Word. They may not know God, but just like when we see the Jonah on the boat, the, 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 the sailors, they didn't know God, but they feared His Word. Verse 4, So Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out in the midst of Egypt, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as never been nor will ever be again. But a dog shall not growl against any of the people of Israel, neither man nor beast, that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, you and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So, some of this um, prophecy of what's going to happen about midnight um, 
could have been told in the presence of Pharaoh for the last time before Moses left his presence. Because it says, and he, this is Moses, went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. This is verse 8. So perhaps Moses found Pharaoh's persistent pride infuriating because of the devastating effect it would have on the people of Egypt. I mean, but he left now. He doesn't return because um, he says, you're never going to see my face again. So I I think um, this interplay, uh, it could mean, as my study Bible said, he, he said this, um, this finality here may indicate that this warning of the tenth plague comes while Moses is still in Pharaoh's presence. And now he leaves in hot anger. This is it. Verse 10, Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And he did not let the people go out of, the, out of his land. So, now we've ended chapter 11, and tomorrow we're going to come to chapter 12. We're going to talk about the Passover. It's a long chapter. We'll talk about the tenth plague and the institution of the Passover. So we're going to see who wins the battle of the gods tomorrow as we continue our study in this really, really dramatic book of Exodus. So for me to all of you, God bless you as always. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host and Zami and Matali. Matali, look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. So take it away. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Exodus chapter 10, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to Exodus chapter 11, verses 1 through to verse 10. So we are in this section. Um, that's the contest with Pharaoh that Dr. J.B. McGee has dubbed the battle of the gods. So God is directing these plagues that we um, looked at and the judgments towards the idolatry or the zoolatry, because uh, Egypt was, uh, the Egyptians were worshipping all manner of beasts, whether uh, flying, whether crawling, creeping, or swimming, um, in this particular land of Egypt. So every one of the plagues was directed towards a particular deity in that land. So that's, you know, they had so many idols, they had like over 3,000 idols that they worshipped. So God is now beginning to actually demonstrate his power now. And, you know, we saw these plagues that, um, you know, uh, that were directed towards, you know, the plague of the frogs. They were directed towards um, their god, um, Hika. And we saw the, the lice. Um, we saw the, um, we saw the darkness. And, you know, all these were directed towards, um, you know, the different gods of, of, of Egypt, the ones that they actually worshipped. And then now God is starting to demonstrate um, that he has power and, you know, over all these um, elements and idols that they were worshipping. So verse 10 of Hebrews, of, sorry, of um, Exodus reads, then, the Lord, then he said to them, the Lord had better be with you when I let you and your little ones 
go beware for evil is ahead of you so here we have you know pharaoh he's trying you know to um give moses a compromise he's saying you know he's telling them you can go um but you know you can you should you can go you know all the men can go and all but you have to leave uh your children behind so you know pharaoh you know he had called moses and aaron offered them a compromise after the judgment of the hail so you know he um the hail came and and and, and pharaoh actually knew that you know um the gods of the israelites the god of the israelites was powerful and mighty and um now um He's saying, you know, he's telling them, go and serve your God. But, you know, go and you can leave your young behind. So, um, you know, and 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 for, for Moses, um, it was unacceptable. It wasn't something that, it wasn't a compromise. Um, it was unacceptable to Moses as Pharaoh must, you know, he must let the children of Israel go and they can't be any strings attached to it or compromises. So Pharaoh was angry that they would not accept this particular compromise that he was offering. Verse 11 goes on to read, not so. Go now, you who are men and serve the Lord for that is what you desired and they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. So Pharaoh is now telling them that, you know, since they just wanted to go for three days in the wilderness uh, and serve the Lord, he would actually let them go, but they had to leave their children behind. And they would not, um, that's Moses and Aaron, would not accept that compromise. Verse 12 goes on to read, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts that for the locusts that for the locusts that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land all that the hail left so Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt and the Lord brought an east wind on the land all that day and all that night when it was morning, the east wind brought locusts, verse 14, and the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested on all the territory of Egypt. They were very severe. Um, previously, there had been no such locusts as they, nor shall there be such after them, verse 15, for they covered the face of the whole earth, that's Egypt, so that the land was darkened and they ate every herb, of the land and all the fruit of the tree which the hill had left so they remained nothing green on the trees or on the plants for the field throughout all the land or of the field sorry throughout all the land of Egypt so the locust they they actually did not appear miraculously like some of the other uh, you know plagues and judgments described to us but you know, they are not any less miraculous. So the east winds brought them from somewhere else over in Asia. Uh, that's where they were actually common in that area. So they must have been quite hungry because they um, they literally like ate everything that was in their way. And, you know, um, locusts were probably um, the worst plague they, you know, have had so far because locusts in scripture is actually used in 
you know, as a, it's used as a picture of judgment. Joel describes uh, a locust plague. And in the book of Revelation, it actually talks, talks of loca, a locust plague that is coming upon the land. Um, and this is a picture of judgment that's coming in future. That's in the book of Revelation. So locusts are used as an instrument of judgment. So we drop down to verse 16 and the trees. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. So this is the first time that Pharaoh has actually made any kind of admission like this. So it actually took the plague of locusts for him to make this kind of confession. So there is a method here in the manner in which God is dealing with these people in Egypt um, um, and, and how he's dealing with Pharaoh in that day. So the judgments are given in you know a systematic and orderly way directed first at the different idols in the land of Egypt against you know the idol worshipping the zoolatry now he's actually starting to direct god is now starting to direct these plagues that are working uh hardship upon the people um to actually convince pharaoh so drop down to verse 17 and it reads now therefore please forgive my sin only this once and entreat the lord your god that he may take away from me his death only so he went out from pharaoh and entreated the lord and the lord turned a very strong wind west wind which took the locusts away and blew them into the red sea they there remained not one locust in all the territory of egypt verse 20 but the lord hardened pharaoh's heart and he did not let the children of israel go so here um the minute that the plague is actually removed pharaoh changes his mind and he refuses to let the children of israel go so um God here, he's just revealing the hardness of Pharaoh's heart. What was in his heart? The stubbornness of Pharaoh. Verse 21 reads, The Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. So it's that kind of darkness. So we have here another plague. It's directed you know, against the highest deity, the idol in the entire worship of the people of Egypt and we have this actually it's, it's in, in, in their symbols they in Egypt it's like a, um, a round disc with spikes um, pointing outwards to represent the sun so that's um, that's Ra'aman their god so um, verse 22 goes on to read so Moses stretched out his hand towards heaven and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt Three days, verse 23, they did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. So here, this was actually a miraculous thing. You know, this darkness, the darkness of Egypt, it could actually be felt like so dark you could feel it. Verse 24 reads... Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds 
the kebak lets your little ones also go with you. So here now, um, Pharaoh is now ready um, for another compromise. And this is the fourth and last compromise, this, you know, last temptation, because after this, he will actually have to actually stand to it and let the children of Israel go. God has given him so many chances to do so. So in this, there is actually a parallel with the children of Israel and of us, you know, God's children, the Christians today. So God called them to get out of the land of Egypt and they were to take everything. Nothing was to be left behind. So they were to go and take their place with God's people. So this compromise or temptation that is offered by Pharaoh gets people and Christians today to as well. You know, it gets to us as well. So they are a lot of Christians who actually say they want to serve God, you know, the Lord, but they um, have put in so much, invested so much in their businesses here um, on earth, in the world, in Egypt, um, you know, in, 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 in a godless way, you know, that's their lives. They, they, they eat, breathe and, and, and live their business. So they put the business into, um, in the world above everything else. You know, it's about, you know, God is secondary. So if they have um, to actually make a choice to serve God or to run their worldly business, they would actually go, sadly, they would go with their business um, you know, they would go with the flocks and the herds in Egypt. You know, the flocks and the herd being the world and, and Egypt being, you know, the world, like the worldly things. The flocks and the herds being the worldly things and Egypt being the world. So whatever we do in life today, we should do it for God's glory. Whether we're in business, whether we're, you know, um, we're, we're utilizing our talent and all, we should always do it for the glory of God. So on Sundays, you have... You know, we have these Christians who actually serve the Lord and from Monday to Saturday, they go back to the old, cold, hard business world and they just, they live just like the old, cold, hard business world. And, you know, one can't tell them apart from the others. You know, you can't tell apart these uh, Christians, you know, who are in business from those who are non-believers. So all their investment is in the world. They invest so much in the world today that's such that you know um these are christians where um if the rapture had to occur they they would feel like really bad to actually leave whatever they had um invested in so much uh in the world behind um and you know they, they because they are so invested and um the worldly things come first before anything else verse 25 reads but Moses said, you must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. So Moses makes a distinction here that there will be no compromise. So compromise is immoral for a child of God. And it is. You cannot compromise God's things. You cannot say, oh, hey, because I'm too busy. Um, I can't manage to actually read the word of God because, you know, I've got so many things to catch up on. I've got like an empire to build and all. And you just, you decide to put world things before God. So whenever, whatever we do, we should do to the glory of God. Verse 26 goes on to read. 
Our livestock also shall go with us, not a hoof shall be left before shall be left behind, for we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God, and even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until he we arrive there. So they were to actually take everything. You know, not a hoof track would actually be left behind. So if the Lord Jesus Christ came at this particular moment and took us out of this world, would it actually be a wonderful thing? That's one thing we should ask ourselves. Would we be happy? Uh, you know, what are we leaving behind? Because, um, you know, for us, we tend to be so attached to worldly things, to, you know, our achievements, our successes, our money, our empires, our real estate. So would it be a wonderful thing if he comes and takes us out of this world? What, what are we leaving in the world? that we have our hearts in today is it you know wealth money real estate you know and unsaved relatives verse 27 goes on to read but the lord hardened pharaoh's heart and he would not let them go verse 28 then pharaoh said to him go away from me take heed to yourself and see my face no more for in the day you see my face you shall die so moses said you have spoken well. I will never see your face again. So here God's going to actually begin to make um, his, um, to make him, that's Pharaoh, to make him face up to it. And um, to make Pharaoh face up to it. And they will actually leave. And this is God's plan and program. So we come to chapter 11. And in chapter 11 we have, Come to the last chapter in this section of the contest with Pharaoh. And verse 1 and 2 of chapter 11 reads, And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Verse 2, speak now in the hearing of the people and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. So in this matter of borrowing, it actually means they were collecting back wages. So they had served in the land of Egypt as slaves and had not been paid anything so now they had to be paid so to ask here it's you know they, they're asking of their neighbors and um verse three goes on to read um and the lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. So the Egyptians now, you know, they are more than glad to actually pay off the Israelites in order to get rid of them. Because, I mean, they had brought misery and problems and trouble on, on them. That's all they had brought. So they can't wait to get rid of them. Verse 4 goes on to read, Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, um, about midnight, I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die 
from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of um, the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast. And you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who, who follow you. After that, I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. Verse 9. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Verse 10. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh and the Lord um, hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the children of Israel go out of the land. So in one sense, the contest is over, but actually it's really not over and it's still a battle of the gods. So in the plague of darkness, it was directed to the Egyptian god Ra'aman. The gods of Egypt always claimed the firstborn um, of both man and beast. That's what they did. Mm. The, um, that's, it belongs to the gods. And here God takes theirs that belongs to them. But he will make a difference between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. But the difference now isn't just that there will be no death angel passing over the land of Egypt. The death angel will pass over the land of Egypt because... There is no difference in God's presence between Jew or Gentile. The thing that will actually make a difference is that there will be um, there will be now the blood of the lamb put on the doorpost, and this will um, be because uh, this will be actually sorry, this will be the beginning of the oldest religious holiday that there is the oldest Jewish religious holiday that there is, and that's the Passover feast. So, okay, tomorrow we are going to look at the Passover feast in one of the longest chapters in the book of Exodus. And looking forward to learning more, but it's been an interesting ride, you know, journey to see all these um, nine, ten plagues. And um, to just kind of see a parallel, especially when it comes to the compromises and the temptations that Pharaoh was um, offering Moses and how it actually affects us as Christians, how we're supposed to live our lives and how we're supposed to spot this out and, you know, try and um, or work at being um, obedient children of God and, um, you know, looking out for the temptation and, um, you know, um, just literally asking God to help us and guide us and to keep us strong, you know, as children of, as, as his children, you know, we will stumble and we will fall because we're not perfect. But, you know, when we get up and dust ourselves up and, 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 and keep the faith, that's what counts. So 
in everything that we do, let us always uh, do it to the glory of God. You know, when we eat, let us eat to the glory of God. When we um, sing praises, when we uh, do our businesses, we go about our daily lives, let us do it to God's glory. So this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.